0: And welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host, Matt Solomon, and today I'm delighted to be joined by Zion Clark. So today, Zion will be discussing how he uses his motto, no excuses, to absolutely obliterate all of the obstacles in his way in both his sporting and daily life. So without further ado, it's time to welcome Zion onto the show. So Zion, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure being on. Thank you very much for taking some time today. It's your birthday as well, right? So uh, many happy returns.
1: Thank you, thank you. 24.
0: 24. Oh, what I give to be 24. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So other than the fact that obviously you've got some super cool stuff planned today, you've got the Science Support Podcast, and I'm going to make sure that we're going to run through this as quickly as possible so that you can go eat some delicious food and go to the zoo and stuff. So first things first, who are you and what have you been doing till now?
1: Uh, my name is Zion Clark. I'm an athlete, wrestler, and professional track and field athlete. Um, I'm a motivational speaker, and newly, I am a children's author.
0: Children's author as well. You've got a lot of a lot of strings to your bow. Um, so let's let's talk about why sport is important to you, right? Because this is, a, this is a sport podcast. We can talk about children's books, but no one's interested in that. So yeah, yeah. Um, let's let's talk about sport. Uh, why is sport important important to you personally, and what kind of lessons have you taken from that?
1: Uh, being an athlete, um, just in the world of sports, uh, strictly speaking to wrestling, um, the first sport I ever joined, uh, being in that type of world, being in that type of environment, uh, you'll see people that give up. You'll see people that strive forward. You'll see people that are willing to go the extra mile just so you can get the help that you need. It turns into like a family, um, in some, in some cases to where, that's what you need. You need a type of, you need that type of environment so you can excel. Being an athlete to me has really meant that I'm able to work hard and show what kind of work I can put in to be successful. Whether I transpose that work from wrestling in the track and field, uh, which I do pretty often, or whether I just transpose the lessons I learned from wrestling into just life in general, uh, is where, it's pretty much where uh, no excuses came from, which I have on my back. Um, I learned that lesson from wrestling, and now I don't. I don't know if you've heard, you've seen the tattoo, but uh, it's very important to me, and that's a big lesson that I take just from the world of sports in general.
0: Uh, yeah, we uh, your your media guys were very kind and sent me your your book across recently, so I managed to flick through that, and there's uh, there's a great picture of you in there with uh, just a huge back with no excuses all over it, which is uh, a super impressive piece of uh, artwork as such. But then that's that's your, that's your key lesson that no excuses. Um, what kind of obstacles have you had to overcome to, to get to that lesson? Because obviously it's not so simple as as to say no excuses That's easy. Then you walk away. That's, that's all good. But what obstacles have you had to face when you're in a sporting environment to make sure that you've come to that conclusion of no excuses?
1: So by the time I had come to that conclusion, I'd gone through a lot, um, when it comes, when it came to being a wrestler, um, I had lost more times than I had won and I still kept at it. And the thing was, I wanted to be better. I wanted to be that top guy that people could say like, "Oh, he's number one," or like hey, he's one of those guys that's that's fun to watch and you know i'm a I like to be a crowd pleaser and I couldn't have any of that because I would always lose I would always uh you know I would get so close to winning a match, and it just would never happen so i would work I started working with my coaches day in day out. I spent a whole summer just um finding out what works, going back to the drawing board, finding out what didn't work. And then I would just excel in those things that worked for me. And by the time I was a senior in high school man, I just had, I remember this tournament, it was called the JC Gorman. And it was one of the biggest wrestling tournaments in Ohio. All the best guys in the whole, like some of the best guys, in the whole state of Ohio uh, get together and we just battle it out for two days. And um, I was one of those guys that I wasn't ranked. I wasn't, uh, nobody had known I was going to be there. Nobody knew that um, I was going to have the type of performance I did. And I made it to the quarterfinals. And um, I had this guy that was ranked top three in the state. And he, I just, I had no idea. I had no idea who he was. And it got to the point where it's overtime, right? The score is tied. And I look at my coach, my shoulder, I'm in a lot of pain. I just tore a little couple of muscles in my shoulder. I just completely destroyed my fingers. Like I was at the point where I was battle worn. I was ready to rest, but the battle wasn't over. And I looked at my coach and he pulled, he grabbed me by my shirt. Like he pulled me right, he grabbed me by my singlet, pulled me right over to him. He said, you go win that match. You don't have an excuse. You've battled this far. You can, you can finish it through. No excuses. You go out there and you win. And I swear that's what did it for me. And I went out there and this guy tried to jump over me to take me down and I caught him midair by his legs, got the takedown and won the match. And just, just like that, it was over and I was the victor. Cool. And ever since then, I just adopted that mentality that even I'm so like, you can get so close to winning. And if you quit right before the end, you're always going to fail. If you, if you don't, if you think that they're, if you're going to fail before you get to the end, you're going to fail. And I started getting wrapped in that mentality around whether I fail or not. I'm going to just give it my all. I'm not going to make an excuse. If I fail, I didn't do my things right. I didn't, I didn't do the right technique. I didn't have the right conditioning. And I'm going to own up to that. If I win, I'm going to own up to it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say exactly I had the right conditioning. I had the right skill set. I drilled the right moves. I did what I was supposed to do. Whether it's good or bad, I hold myself accountable.
0: I think that's an excellent lesson and a really really clear takeaway for as well for for those listening. And you 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 talked about wrestling, right? And that's where the the Netflix documentary comes from which is also certainly worth a watch for a, a quick documentary. Um but mm-hmm. how have you then translated that into track and field because obviously there might, there might be some some transfer there but it's not the most obvious transition, right? I
1: know you wouldn't see a wrestler um competing in track and field at the level that you see me uh doing it uh normally. and the way that happened was um I got a lot of motivation back when I was a junior in high school because uh my sister, um so I, like the family I was adopted into, my sister when I was a junior and she was a senior, she had completely destroyed the state record and won a state title in the long jump. And just I fed off that energy, man. I was just like, that's my sister, that's my family. I got I gotta do something. Like Track and field is just, it seemed cool, you know? And for three years prior, I would always get invited to join the team and I would always say no because, like, in my head, I'm like, I'm a wrestler. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a bad dude. I'm a wrestler. Nah. I finally, like, you know, like cooled off a bit and I was like, all right, this was really cool. I think I might try it. And when that next season came around, um, I just, I just, I just like a month and a half prior just came off one of the most successful, wrestling seasons i've had up to date and um you know i I'd gotten to the team and i was just training pushing the wheelchair around the track wasn't moving very fast and i just i just felt like i had i could do something more and all that all those times where i'd be in the wrestling room where i'm covered in blood or i'm breathing hard or i'm throwing up because i'm just working my body that hard Or I'm passing out because i worked that hard. Um, I was used to it. So in my head, I'm thinking like, all right, I'm just going to work myself until I can't work no more. And I'm going to do that every single day. And I did that every single day um, for two months and then came away a four-time state placer and a two-time state champion. then then become like a national champion and a junior national champion.
0: I think that's some some brilliant uh results first and foremost, but some brilliant advice there as well to try and get those results. Um so when when you look at your training, right? Uh obviously your training might be different compared to when you're wrestling. So what, what does a what does a typical day and a typical week look like for you?
1: Uh for wrestling or for track and field? For My for vote.
0: for whichever one you're most happy talking about.
1: Hold well, man. I guess I'm going to talk about both of them then. Uh, so, <laughs> go for it. So with wrestling, a normal day would be I wake up, I go to practice for about two, two and a half hours, maybe three, depending on how long I'm in the gym. Uh, and that's strictly striking, wrestling, grappling, uh, just martial arts in general. I train with some of the most talented uh, guys in the world um, on a regular basis. And so I'm just learning something new, and it's all technique, all conditioning, all sparring. And then I'll go to the gym, and I'll get a lift in, or I'll do some extra conditioning, and then I rest, I fuel up, and then I'll have probably another workout later that evening, and then that would be a day of wrestling for me.
0: So that's an intense Uh, schedule.
1: Yes, sir. And don't forget, in between all of that, I'm still going and giving speeches and... Uh, doing shows like yours on top, like yours in general, you know? Um, so like, it's a busy day to be able to stay at that level. And then with track and field, um it's a it'll be a little bit longer day to where I'll, I would lift in the morning for about hour, two hours. And then depending on the day will be like one day I might do long distance and I'll put in 10 to 12 miles on the track. And then the next day will be sprints. And then I'll put, um about 30 40 50 sprints in on my 100 meter because that's my best race uh just different days like that and sometimes i'll stretch them out like i'll cut up the sessions each day or i'll just do like a three four five hour session all the way through and get in the training i need uh depending on what i have to do that day either way i get in the right amount of training that i need with the right amount of time to work on technique skill conditioning um and just consistency and uh, you know being in within all of that, you got to learn how to rest and how to take care of yourself. Uh, so on top of that, um, just a regular week of that is also involves seeing a chiropractor, um, seeing someone that can, um, like I'm like a professional masseuse that's able to keep your muscles in the elastic condition that you need to perform at that high level. Uh, if there's a lot that goes into competing at the high level, a lot of people just see like, okay, I'm competing on TV. I'm uh, I'm competing with the best guys on TV or whatever, and they don't see the days where like I'm pushing my wheelchair so hard that I'm ripping the skin off my fingers. Like they they don't see that. They just see the end results. And then you know that's why I appreciate it more than I feel like people would appreciate it on the outside because when you have a love for it, there's no sac- there's no sacrifice you're not willing to make.
0: I think that's uh it's certainly interesting to get that behind the scenes glimpse as well because I think especially when your hands are so important, to be tearing the skin off of them is is a pretty big deal in the name of uh in the name of sport, right? So that's uh that's certainly a really impressive feat sometimes to be able to mentally go that deep um, and physically sometimes uh, very tough on you as well to make sure that everything is, is then in order for the next training session without like, yeah, literally tearing the skin off your hands and uh, not being able to train for a week.
1: It, so, that's the thing. Even if I do that, I just take my hands up and I keep going.
0: <laughs> no excuses, right? Exactly. There we go. So when it comes to, uh, for example, a gym training, what, what does the gym session look like for you? Because obviously that's going to be supporting your sport training, um, which means probably things like, uh, bodybuilding training might be going out the window a little bit. Uh, but what kind of, what kind of exercise are you using? What kind of things are you training in the gym to make sure you're completely ready?
1: So when I'm in the gym, depending on what season it is, wrestling and martial arts kind of go practically year round for me. Um, but track and field is only like a, uh, goes starts in the spring and goes into the summer. And that's it. And I got to wait till the whole next season. Uh, so let's start with track and field. So with track and field, um, it's a pushing motion. So I'm going to work this more on benching, uh, more on um, just resistance pulls. So when I pull my arms up on the recoil to push back down, it's a faster turnover. Uh, just, and I'll just do more, more than anything, uh, for some of the pushing, I'll do a little bit of heavier bench or some sort of modified pushing motion, uh, just to get that extra work, workout. Um, but on top of that, I'll also do the same type of, same type of, uh, workouts with more of a conditioning focus. So that means more reps. Uh, so I get more tired. So then when I'm on the track, um, I can produce a ton of power. Without losing the stamina.
0: Absolutely. excellent uh, stuff like uh, core, for example. What kind of stuff are you doing? Uh, are you doing there?
1: So for my core, it actually comes a lot with when I bench. Okay. Um, surprisingly, so I can't work a lot of my core. Like I can't do your traditional sit up. I um, I can't do a lot of things actually. And most people, when they're they're like, most people are surprised that I have a full set of abs. You know. <laughs> um, and it's because um, when I bench, when I wrestle, uh, I'm using that core to stabilize myself. If I didn't have a core, people would be able to just knock me over. And if you if you see videos now, it's very hard to just to knock me over, given I'm only on two hands. And um, just yeah, and with benching, it's for when the heavier I get, the heavier the weight gets. When I'm benching, it's not that my arms can't handle the weight. It's this when you're benching 325 pounds and you only weigh 100 pounds, it, your weight's <laughs> offset. Yeah. So you got to learn how – your body has to learn how to take the weight without losing control and staying stable. So that's where I get my – that's where my core strength comes in handy. That's So uh, time that's I a lot of bench, weight. is when I work on. It. Oh, <laughs> yes, sir. I love it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's uh, some impressive stuff so um what i wanted to ask is is any examples of sports science and strength conditioning that you use that you've just mentioned some strength conditioning stuff but um are there any examples of how sports science and strength conditioning has particularly helped you as an athlete
1: um yeah uh, sports science i try to follow along as best as i can i usually just listen to whatever whatever the specialist uh tells me to do because i know that they have my best entrance interest um in their minds to keep my body running at full capacity uh so for instance like when i see a chiropractor he'll give me different stretches to do to stay keep my body elasticized um and whenever he works on it he'll like explain to me exactly what muscle what muscle groups that seem to be that i seem to be putting the most stress on um and like for example like my lower back um sometimes after wrestling for three, four, five weeks straight, um, I started getting my, my muscles will start knotting up in the bottom of my back. So then I have to get them unknotted, um, and it's actually a process where like they untwist your muscles, and it's actually it's it's super beneficial. It's very painful actually. So like, <laughs> if you're not ready to handle, I wouldn't recommend it, but it's worth it. Excellent <laughs> um, stuff. But then when it comes to conditioning, where on the coaching aspect of sports. Um, medicine and just athletics in uh, general, um, I'll go see somebody that uh, has, that specializes in conditioning, that specializes in breathing techniques, that specializes in meditation on how to keep your heart rate slow while doing these strenuous activities. Uh, Because most uh, world-class athletes, when they compete, if you watch very closely, yeah, they might be covered in sweat blood or whatever you call it, Um, but they're calm they're breathing calm you can see them just take slow deep breaths you see that they're not their body like their body their body isn't completely beat red because their muscles are out of oxygen um like if you pay really close attention you can see those things and um with the people i work with they make it so that i'm able to like maximum oxygen oxygen intake which means maximum energy you know no oxygen no energy no performance
0: Absolutely, super interesting stuff. And before we leave, because I'm I'm conscious that I'm gonna steal your entire birthday from you with all the follow-up questions that I'd like to ask. But uh, before we leave, I want to ask you: What is the one thing that you see or do differently, which the rest of the world can learn from?
1: What I think I do differently is that with my, I think I do differently is with my mindset. When I fail at something, I'm never down. I never feel down about it. Um, for example, uh, I, uh, didn't make the Olympic, I didn't make the Paralympic team this past year, even though I've been one of the top two fastest men in the country for three consecutive years. You know what I mean? It hurt, it sucked, but a lot of people in that circumstance, like, I feel like there's just a, there's, there's very few, but a lot of people in that circumstance kind of fold and they give up or they're just completely depressed about it. Or they're down, they're down on themselves about their failure, then that's what holds them back from succeeding the next time. And then it's just a constant, uh, constant loop of just failing, whether as in when I do it and the select few people that are able to do this, um, which I think that everybody has the ability to learn how to do this. Nobody is incapable of doing this. I want to make that very clear. But when I fail and when I don't complete something, and, you know, I'm disappointed about that. It's okay. I'm, yeah, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I might feel bad about it for like a little bit, but then you got to pick it. I pick myself back up. And then the next day, I start studying footage. I start, I start really evaluating, all right? What, what worked? What happened? What went wrong? What did I do wrong? Was I breathing okay? Like I look at things very detrimentally because I can't be the best if I'm not looking at every little detail. And my thing is, that's what i'm saying a lot of people don't pay attention to detail and once you start paying attention to detail especially when you fail life will be a lot more easy to understand and to figure out whether you're an athlete whether you're not an athlete
0: i think that's some absolutely fantastic advice so massive thanks for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure talking and uh, yeah massive thanks for for taking the time it's been brilliant
1: yes sir it's a pleasure talking to you
0: thank you very much buddy cheers And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Zion for all of his hard work on today's podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of the Coach Academy. And the Coach Academy is a series of lectures broken down to bite-sized chunks. So if you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to get yourself into the Coach Academy completely for free using the link in the show notes. So click that link in just a few seconds time. And of course, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, please give us a quick like and a share i would really appreciate it and it means that we can keep bringing you the best possible guests and the best possible content and that's it once again a massive thanks from me i'm matt solomon for science of sport and i'll speak to you next week